0: Hello everyone and welcome to Locked On Canadians In today's show we're talking about a wild 7-4 win over the New Jersey Devils and we're gonna be diving right into our Friday mailbag with email questions, YouTube comments, and so much more all inside today's show. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 590 of Lockdown Canadians. We are slowly closing in on 600 episodes. We have hit 500 subscribers on YouTube, so thank you very much. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mettle, and I am joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, the Canadians have defeated the New Jersey Devils in regulation for the first time since 2017, which feels like a wild stat, but they did it. It was a wild, ugly, sloppy game, but I don't care because wins are fun. How are we feeling going into the weekend in a showdown with the Leafs?
1: Is that real? Is that is that a real stat? They haven't yeah, won- they keep is mentioning it, they haven't it. Won against New Jersey, or they haven't won in New Jersey?
0: I think they haven't won against New Jersey in regulation since twenty seventeen
1: oh, regulation. Okay. <laughs> yes, and that was, I was like, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling (laughs) good. I'm not looking forward to Leafs drama. You know, there's always going to be drama. We don't like that here. We like to, you know, just have fun, spirited back and forth discussions where we are not jerks to each other. And so (laughs) that's going to be difficult because it's a Habs Leafs game. But I do wish, uh, do hope, not wish, I do hope that the Montreal Canadiens pull off another win against the Leafs because they seem to have the Leafs number lately.
0: And the thing about this game tonight was it's the quintessential trap game for the Canadians is that it's another bad team. They're coming off an emotional loss to the senators. It's the kind of game where they tend to fall flat on their face and they came out. uh, Nick Suzuki scored early and then Jake Evans, you know, ripped a clapper scored. Nick's or uh, Cole Caulfield scored. And then, it, it wasn't really quite pretty from there. They were up 3-1. They were kind of coasting. Uh, the Devils made it 3-2. Yolar Armia gets a big goal, makes it 4-2. And then in the third period, they kind of got themselves a cushion, but they were helped a lot by Andrew Hammond and the Devils defense being, quite frankly, abysmal tonight. Andrew Hammond did not have a good night, and I feel for the guy because he played really well for the Habs. And that's two straight starts where – something's in the water in New Jersey, and it's not just medical waste this time. Like, the goaltending there is atrocious. No matter who is in net, they can't get consistent goaltending performances. They might get a game here or there, but they can't get anything going, and that's to the Habs' benefit tonight. It allowed them to work out maybe some kinks in their offensive game. A lot of guys on the score sheet. They're not going to get that same luck in Toronto, I don't think, and it's a much uh, deeper, better overall team. So hopefully they kind of get some of these defensive warts issue or you know smoothed out before that game on Saturday.
1: The game to me looked extremely defense optional on both ends, to be honest. There, and, and the Canadians did get hemmed in in their own zone a lot in the second period. They weren't really able to generate a whole lot. But from my perspective, they basically took advantage of every single mistake New Jersey made. When they took advantage of the goaltending curse, I truly think that there must be curse. You know, they got years and years of Martin Brodeur, and now they... You know, they, they have to pay for it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's sad because we love Andrew Hammond. He had such a great couple of weeks here. And uh, Habs fans had a great experience with him. And the Habs built him up only to tear him back down. Uh, that was unfortunate. But I was very happy to see Dvorak and Armia score. You really want to see those guys get a little bit of a boost, a little bit of confidence so they can have I know there's only like there's eleven games left in the season. That you want to finish strong, right? Like if you wanna if you wanna trade one of those guys, you want them to finish strong. You want some good things on the highlight reel for them. Um and you want them to and, and if you can't trade them, you want them to come back strong. You know, like I think Dvorak is a second line center. If he if he can get what he had in Arizona back, I would be very happy with that. He just he was unfortunate with injuries here. He didn't have a whole lot of chemistry with a whole lot of people. Uh it was very specific. I even I even thought there was, you know, there was this one point where I saw uh, Josh Anderson cleaning up defensively, and I know we haven't been too high on him lately. I think uh, that you know this game was a positive for him as well in a lot of respects. So I was very obviously Jake Evans every night, every night bringing it. Uh, there, there were a couple of people where I thought you know this is a good confidence boosting game for them.
0: I'm very glad that you mentioned someone like Christian Dvorak because since he's come back from injury, he kind of hasn't been in the spotlight. Uh, obviously, Nick Suzuki and Cole Coffee are taking that for themselves and for good reason. I think we're seeing a little bit more of what Christian Dvorak can do. And I'm sure, because I'm bringing up natural stat as I type this, I'm sure the uh, uh, metrics for this game are not going to be pretty. And currently, they really are not. The Devils controlled most of the flow of play here. But I'm really wondering what Christian Dvorak is to this team in the future. He finished in the positives for possession and not a lot of guys did that. It was an ugly night for the bottom six in particular, but this is the kind of game where it's like, okay, if this is what Christian Dvorak is, do we need to make a splash on a big name center or do they need to get someone on a wing or on defense or is he still going to be a trade piece? It, it was a big, uh very good game for Joel Armia too. I thought he had a nice chance at the end of the first scored a goal at the end of the second, I think it was a proving game. Like, Kale Clay scored a goal tonight, and I think that's big for him. Chris Weidman has 14 points in his last 14 games, which is just mind-blowing. Like, there's a lot of guys who are playing to prove they still belong here or want to be here or want to be an effective piece somewhere else. So uh, they're not going to get that same chance against the Leafs. Like, I don't think Jack Campbell, as bad as he's been, is going to be Andrew Hammond letting in, you know, three of his first 10 shots against. But we've seen that the Canadians, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile on it. They're not a volume team. They're a very uh, opportunistic one right now. And that's not a bad thing for a team that is, quite frankly, not very good. They're still 31st in the NHL or 30th after tonight. I depends on the Kraken game. But they're still not a very good team. But to get their chances where they can is important. It's a confidence-boosting thing. Nick uh, Cole Caulfield now sits, I believe, three points out of uh, fifth place in rookie scoring. He'd be in the top five, and I think that he has a real chance at 20 goals, and he has a chance at finishing there. It's go- Those are things to strive after. Yeah, we want the first overall pick, but they're setting big building blocks for the next season ahead.
1: You can't waste the development of the players you already have because you're trying to get another bona fide superstar. You know, like the Canadians have holes everywhere. They can any any one of the top five, top seven players is going to be a great addition to this team if they develop properly. So you can't worry about that. You got to get your Nick Suzuki's, your Cole Caulfield's, your Alexander Romanovs on the right track.
0: And I think that exactly what Martin St. Louis is doing. He's working with them. There's a lot of development and something Habs fans on. And I mean this in the kindest way possible are not familiar with because, quite frankly, where was this development for years and years and years, you know? So I'm very interested to see what's next. I hope they have a good game on Saturday. I hope they beat Toronto. I hope they beat Winnipeg, and I hope they beat the Senators again in the future. I don't ask for a whole lot of wins down the stretch here, but I think good showings. Uh, Caulfield continuing to hit the score sheet is what I'm looking for. However, we got to transition from here. It is Friday. That means our Friday mailbag coming up in our next segment. We're going to take a look at some of the email questions you sent us. But first, as you know, we on this show... Love Built Bar. They're great when I take them on hikes. They're great as a snack midway through the workday. As Laura can attest to, I have them in the morning when I'm too lazy to make myself breakfast because I am a very well functioning adult. They are low calorie, high protein, and they taste like a candy bar because they are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you're a big fan of Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, you got to try out Built Puffs. They are protein infused marshmallows. Everything you're looking for, incredible flavors across the board. In terms of the bars, you get mint, brownie, coconut, you know, white chocolate cookies and cream. There's something for everyone. And if you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off of your order. So please go check them out. They have something for everybody. Order yourself that nice little variety box. Find that flavor you love and enjoy and buy more. And remember to use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com all right so it is friday that means it is our friday mailbag if you ever want to send us questions locked on canadians at gmail.com or at hello underscore canadians on twitter you can pop into the youtube comments so long as you're not a jerk and laura what did we get in the emails this week
1: so i've been screenshotting on my phone all of the questions that we're getting (laughs) because we get them randomly throughout the week and i said as, as scott said Feel free to send us by email or in the YouTube comments. I'm sc- screenshotting them all on my phone as I get them. So our first question is actually an email question. And this is from uh, Brandon. Hi, Lauren Scott. Here are a few potential questions to be discussed for the mailbag. Please keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Please keep listening. One, how do you feel about the Canadians goalie prospects going forward? With Poulan playing well in the AHL, could Primo be given a fresh start elsewhere? are there any goalie prospects you wish to see the Habs draft this year? And there's two more questions or actually just one more, two more questions. Um, so um, why don't we address the goalie prospects question first, and then we'll move on to the next one.
0: So my first thought with that is no, Caden Primo's not going anywhere. Uh, Kevin Poulin is a definition of a journeyman goaltender. He's been very, very good for the rocket this year. Make no mistake about that. He's a big part of the reason why they are in this playoff spot that they are now. But Caden Primo is the starting goaltender for the Rocket, and he will be until you know he can earn a regular NHL spot. And as for drafting or looking elsewhere for goaltending prospects, um, there's Frederick D'Cho who's playing over in Sweden in the Svenskin, and Patrick Bexel is a huge fan, and he's kind of opened up my eyes that when we had him on, you can listen to our show with him. Super important, really good, a lot of details there. And he's heading to Frolunda, I believe, in for next season. That's a huge step up for him. And then Jakob Dobish is playing at Ohio State. Really, really strong uh, freshman year for him. He's a big goaltender as well. I don't think the Habs need to go out of their way to find another goaltending prospect. I think they've got to you know, be patient and let the pieces they have uh, develop for where they're at right now.
1: I think a big issue with Caden Primo is how good he was prior to arriving in the NHL. And I think people have kind of, um, you know, the expectation for him has been really high based on that. I kind of feel the same way about the the, the two guys you just named as well, is that there's so much promise right now that you, you worry about rushing them. You really want them to develop properly. Next question. Currently, we know that Martin St. Louis has a good chance at returning as the Habs head coach next season. But do you think he should retain anyone from the assistant coaching staff or start fresh?
0: That's a very interesting question because apparently on RDS tonight, uh, I believe um, Martin Biron, at least I think that's who it was. I have to look at our Slack chat. I don't have it open. Mentioned that there's a likely chance that Luke Richardson is not going to be back on the staff next year. And as someone pointed it out to um, myself and other people is that his style of playing coaching conflict with what Martin St. Louis does. Like he is an offensive minded coach. And then he, uh, Luke Richardson is an old school kind of NHL coacher. It's Martyni, not Martin Biron. I am very sorry I had the wrong um French Canadian goaltender in the
1: US. He's doing yes. US broadcasts right now.
0: He does the Sabers ones. Yes, right. which I had the wrong M goalie here, so that's It's
1: okay. Uh, I was watching the game on RDS, but in the intermission I was listening to uh, Mike O'Brien's uh so Twitter space, uh, yes. Twitter Space, so that's why I missed whatever was going on there. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Sorry, go on. You were saying. I was going to
0: say, I mean, Trevor Latowski might get retained. I think Alex Burrows is someone who they might keep around because he's someone Martin St. Louis is familiar with. And who knows from there? Like, we don't even know if Martin St. Louis is going to be the head coach next year because he may have wanted to come in and do this, and then maybe he wants another role. We don't quite know yet. So it, it's one of those very intriguing questions for the offseason because I do think there are a lot of changes that are going to come from that.
1: One more question in this email, and then we'll move on to the other email. Can we clone the small goals boy to make a full line of Cole Caulfields for everybody's enjoyment?
0: Well, I have good news for you is that there's Joshua Waugh, who is not overly large, and also Sean Farrell, who is not overly large. So we can kind of clone the small goals boy. Um, I think there's some ethics and scientific stuff to work out with that, and that I don't quite know if we could get the same result. But, I mean, diminishing returns on Cole Caulfield going having the main one be at like 40 goals and then it kind of reduces them. the other two isn't the worst thing in the world. Just hopefully one of them can play center, I would hope.
1: I agree. Uh, And sorry, I keep looking down at my phone because I'm arranging the questions. So this one comes (laughs) from our friend Lennon. Yellowknife, who I love, I love hearing from you. Now that the Habs seem to have awoken from the tenure-failed Mark Burgevan experiment and seem to be making positive strides forward in their approach, be it management, coaching, etc., What is a reasonable time in which to start seeing a positive, continued move forward as a lifetime habs fan i'm optimistic for the future based on what i'm seeing over the last few months i do want to see the habs become again the team nobody wants to play this franchise belongs at or near the top of the nhl not the bottom like we presently are the, Bergever- the Bergevin the berge van era went on way too long for the fans i want to see carrie price raise the cup in montreal and we all know those days are coming to an end fast so how long does jeff molson give the current group I still can't figure out why Bergevin had the latitude he seemed to enjoy with coaches that seem to lack any in-depth understanding of the game and how it is played today. If the owner doesn't care, why should the Habs? So there's a lot there.
0: Uh, I I am very very intrigued to to see how what kind of leash this group has, and the thing is, they're what three months into their tenure here we're very far off from wondering how long a leash they have. They haven't even gotten through their first draft, their first off season. And I think we're already seeing some of the positive changes here. We're seeing guys that, and this is not at the fault of either regime is that we're seeing development and players come in in a way that is what a healthy organization does. Like, I have no doubts they would have signed Joshua Waswall. Jordan Harris is up in the air. We don't quite know on that. We're seeing a lot of the good positive signs, though, and that the vibes around the team, and I know we say this all the time, are very good right now. Even though the team isn't always winning and they're still 31st in the NHL, everything looks like it's a good time in Montreal right now. Guys look like they're having fun, and I think that's the biggest uh, thing for this team is that they can go forward now there's guys that want to be there the guys that don't want to be there or that maybe don't want to go through a rebuild because Kent Hughes is going to do right by them still are going to leave on amicable terms and I think we're seeing a lot of things that we're off to a good start but now they got to get through the draft they got to get through free agency they got to get through the start of next season there's a lot of big tests ahead and we're going to find out what Hughes Gordon, and their staff are made of
1: I absolutely agree Um, We've got some YouTube and Twitter questions, but I think we're going to move them to the next segment, right?
0: Yes, because that was it for email stuff.
1: That was it for email stuff. Thank you to everybody who emails us questions at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com.
0: Yes, and we will be right back with all those YouTube comments and Twitter questions all coming up next. As always, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info, and you can find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the leagues across the world this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info as well, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about these trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we are back. It is our final segment of Mailbag Questions. Remember, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com, or in the comments section on YouTube, where you can find us at LockdownCanadians, duh. Uh, Laura, what do we have for our final uh, batch of questions today?
1: So Rick asks, my Friday question, following the Laval Rocket closely now to get my quasi-Habs playoff fix, Who from the Habs would go down to the Rocket after the Habs season ends? Barron, Harris, Dauphin, Schooneman, Pizetta. What can the Habs do to support the Rocket?
0: So uh, there were three people who were papered to the Rocket at the uh, trade deadline, which is the time that you had to be uh, put on waivers. And it was Corey Schooneman, Justin Barron, and there's one whose name is escaping me right now. And uh, Yessi Alonan, I believe. And I... I know that I'm forgetting who it actually is, and it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, everyone else to go down, so Pazetta, Dauphin, et cetera, Can't would have to, be, it'd have to be put on waivers to clear. Oh. And they are not eligible to play in the postseason because they were not sent down prior to the deadline at 3 p.m. on trade deadline day. So they can send guys down or try to get them through waivers, but those guys are now eligible for waivers, and there's no point in losing a guy at that point in time, the Rocket are going to get an infusion. Emile Heinemann is joining the team. Lucas uh, Condada likely playing this weekend. Jesse Yolonne will be back uh, in their lineup. He's on emergency recall right now. I wouldn't worry too much about uh, the reinforcements. I think Jean-Francois Houle has a good grasp of what the team's doing. They're getting guys back. Alex Belzio should be back soon. Cedric Paquette just returned. Lucas Vedemo just returned. Uh, Toby Paquet bisson is back in the lineup. Tori Dello should be back soon. Josh Brooke is healthy again. There's, there's a lot of uh, internal health for the team that's paying off as well, so I wouldn't Sorry. worry too much about waivers.
1: Yeah, so just a quick question. Uh, uh, Baron, he was on the AHL team in Colorado when he got traded here.
0: He was a papered down to the rocket, and okay, so, so
1: he was papered down at the time. Yes,
0: he was a paper transaction, not a physical one, because the Canadians wanted to welcome him into practice. So he was paper transaction. He stayed with the Canadians once the deadline passed. They officially recalled him. Ah, uh, so he was uh, he he's clear to go play in the AHL for the po- uh, postseason run there.
1: So Paul G in the YouTube comments from last week's episode. For the mailbag, what do you think of the report that we will have to take JVR back in a Petri trade? And if we take him, who would you play with him? I liked Vorak and uh, Jonathan Drouin or Pitlick. um, And then he said a bunch of nice stuff. (laughs) Thank Uh, you for your compliment.
0: My thought with that is if you're going to free up Suzuki to be your offensive guy and you sign like a Patrice Bergeron to be your defensive center you tell JVR to stand in front of the net and let Suzuki and Caulfield bank shots in off of him. Uh, otherwise, I don't want JVR back. Dude's on the decline. He's expensive. He's older. Take Mike Hoffman, but without the shooting ability, and that's what you have. That That's a trade that scares me a little bit. I'm not high on JVR at this point in time. I'd rather just keep Petrie. If, that was, if that's the actual trade, I'd rather just keep Jeff Petrie at that point.
1: Yeah, the thing is, like, these are good players who were kind of on the downside of their careers, is all right, and and so like the question was, the report was, we would have to take him back, right? So I can understand why, like, if you're a GM, you're trying to pressure uh, a team to to take a player like that off your roster, but I I just don't don't see it happening. And then a question from Sébastien. Uh, Hughes needs to get rid of the following contracts this summer. Petrie, Gallagher, Hoffman, Druin. How likely is it that he's able to move all four?
0: Uh, I don't think Gallagher is going anywhere, uh, to be quite honest with you. I would be shocked if Brendan Gallagher is not a Montreal Canadian next season. Uh, Druin is an interesting one just because it's, it just feels like he needs to get out of Montreal and have a chance to recover, be out of the spotlight and it's a shame because I think he has tail, and I think he'd be a nice fit on the Suzuki and Caulfield line. But he he just can't stay healthy right now this season. Every time he gets on the ice, has a good step forward, he gets hurt. So uh, I think Petrie is a foregone conclusion at this point, just a matter of to where. I think uh, Hughes and Gordon are going to do right by him. They mentioned they were going to, and I think he's going to be out of here. Uh, Dvorak's another interesting one, just because we talked about it in the first segment. What is Christian Dvorak on this team? Is he a defensive center? Is he an offensive guy? Is he a two-way guy? Where does he fit in? And I think that's a big question facing this offseason because he was a big trade piece for Mark Bergevin. And I'm not going to say it didn't work out because he's been so injured, but it's up in the air.
1: Our friend Goalie Droid asks us, what's your opinion on Iron Man's streaks? Not because of Yandel, but because Suzuki seems to be playing through an injury of some sort. If this is Nick Suzuki injured,
0: yeah. <laughs> Jesus, This is Nick Suzuki injured. My God. Um I think as long as it's not something like I watched in baseball, like Cal Ripken sent that iron man streak and I watched Brett Favre play in green Bay and he was so just beat up in through injuries that he was addicted to painkillers and alcohol. Like at a certain point you put the player's health over an iron man streak. And I, I know this likely relates to the Keith Yandel thing where I think the Flyers are so bad, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I would have played them, but I get why they didn't. Um, I think with someone like Suzuki, though, the Canadians are going to look at this and go, if you're banged up and we think it's you know impacting the way you're playing or it might get worse, you're going to take a seat. And I think that's not a bad decision to make. If you're one of the worst teams in the NHL this year, don't set yourself back next year because you made Suzuki's injury worse this year.
1: Uh, Carl asks us, is Hammond's goalie helmet just as Habs helmet, but with the New Jersey Devils logo stickered on?
0: Yes. Uh, someone pointed it out to me on Twitter tonight, uh, that he just took a devil sticker and taped it over the Habs logo on in his new helmet. And I'm just like that poor man, like he got all of his Habs gear and then immediately got traded to New Jersey, like a day later. Like I, I can't help, but feel bad for the guy.
1: Yeah. And it's not his fault. Jake Allen was ready to come back. Oh, that's another thing that we wanted to mention, uh, on uh, I can't remember what broadcast they were talking about how Jake Allen really wants to stay in Montreal and that makes me happy because I love Jake Allen. Um, although I know he's a fantastic trade piece and there seems to be a bit of a goalie glut when Carey Price comes back, but the longer they keep Jake Allen, the happier I'm going to be. He was great tonight. Uh, Randy Hansen asks us: How will you remember this season of massive change when it's over?
0: Uh, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. I, I know that's gonna sound cliche, but I watching the heater they've been on since Martin Saint Louis came in is it's silly. Like they're playing lights out, and if that's what they're playing like under Saint Louis all the time, even if they don't always score, uh, next season's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I know we talk and hype up Caulfield and Suzuki a lot on this show, but like
1: they deserve it.
0: Come on, like how <laughs> do you not at this point?
1: I will remember it as Short King Spring in Montreal. Uh, Randy also asks, who are you most happy for with the team?
0: I think it's going to sound mushy and stupid, but I think everyone, because the vibes in from February uh, 8th, when they lost the Devils 7-1 to now, it's a completely different team. We, we talked on how many shows where the guys are going out there and it looks like they're sleepwalking or dead or just do not care. Every single game, even if they're not playing well, they're trying and the efforts there. And I think that the change behind the bench, like, it almost like lifted a curse, which is a horrible thing to say. Poor Dominique Ducharme. Every time Cole Caulfield does anything, his name trends on Twitter for a week straight. Like, uh, I think everyone is finding the best version of themselves or trying to, at least. And I think that I'm happy to see these guys at least get something to play for.
1: I one more. Qu- well, actually, we have two questions. One from Randy Hansen. Moon Knight is an unexpected trip so far. What unexpected fun discovery have you made this year?
0: <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's that's a that's a weird you want one. me to go first. Yes, because I thought it was just a Moon Knight question when I looked at it. At first I'm like, "Yes, Moon Knight has been fantastic the episode that I've watched." So,
1: it's 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 good. I recommend everybody watch it. Do not watch the reviews. They are politically motivated. Uh sorry, do not read the reviews. They're politically motivated and they're review bombed. It's amazing. Just go watch it. There's two episodes out. Go watch it. Moon Knight on Disney Plus and also Oscar Isaac, like how how do you go, how do you go wrong with him uh but okay my unexpected discovery was um our flag means death if you are in the states it's on hbo max in canada it is on crave it is a YTT show and it's got the same people behind *Fly of the concords it is fantastic it is delightfully delightfully insane it's got queer themes it is it's it's a show that i can't really explain it's about a guy who in his it's like a real historic guy plus like the real blackbeard it's based on their story um he leaves his wife and children and his life of riches behind to become a pirate and it's basically based on that it's obviously not the a historic accurate account it's a taikai ytd told story but it is so good and so fun and hilarious and amazing don't watch it with your children
0: uh, I think for me, I've discovered that I, I've played from software games, like I've played the original Dark Souls before, and I hated it because it is a game that punishes you for every little mistake that you might make. Uh, I'm about seven and a half, eight hours into playing Elden Ring, which includes an open world and allows you to find more creative ways to die when you play these games and punish you for your arrogance And I can't put it down. I hate it so much and I love it because it's not that it's unfair. It's just that I need to learn to play the game better. If you have the kind of patience for it, it's a masterfully crafted game. The world is amazing. The music is amazing. The lore is incredible. Um, However, be prepared to be very angry when you die 37 times to the first boss because that's what this game does. So that has been my unexpected surprise recently.
1: Somebody responded in our comments that they would watch us do a stream of both of us playing Elden Ring. And I was like, that's not going to happen because what's going to happen is our wonderful friendship that is so strong now is going to fall apart.
0: (laughs) It's going to be just me cursing. Like we're going to get fired because it's just going to be me saying all kinds of horrible things as the tree sentinel kills me for the 32nd time. So it's fine. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't have over it. I'm over it. It's fine.
1: <laughs> one final question: Habination asks us, "What is the average airspeed velocity velocity of a laden swallow?" Okay,
0: so oh god, I.
1: You don't remember it, right? We've. Oh, no, I do I, not. I feel like we've been asked this before, and you were, you were the one who had to answer it.
0: I, I I'm pretty sure, like, the velocity of an of a laden, a laden swallow. swallow. So it's 20 miles per hour. So I knew I, like I knew it was from Monty Python and Carly's going to kill me when she listens to this cuz she's like <laughs> I've never seen it. So like she's going to kill me. And so That's are okay. our comments now because of that. So
1: they're going to hate us both because I also haven't seen it. Um I know like a lot of the memes from it, but I haven't watched it. I need to sit down and watch it. So listeners feel free to give us some crap for not having watched any of the My- Monty Python, but um be don't be jerks to each other or to us uh if you show up in our comment section trying to be a jerk we're just gonna delete you that's it you're canceled bye
0: simple as that uh as always if you want to follow us on twitter laura is at the active stick i am at scott matlow you can follow the show at lo underscore canadians Please follow us, subscribe on YouTube. More subscribers gets us closer to monetization, and then we can make that big, big YouTube money, folks, uh, to be quite honest with you. We will be back on Monday with our next show after the Leafs game and three up and three down, but make sure you check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey after this so you can win your fantasy hockey, get some gloating rights and everything else. We will see you all next time.